0: Welcome to episode 26 of all the small takes of bye week. We took a week off to get refreshed, to get mentally right, coming into football season. John and Cooper, how are you guys doing? Do you feel, do you feel refreshed after our bye?
1: No, I'm, I'm exhausted from uh, traversing across the states of Indiana, Ohio, and Western Pennsylvania. Um, shout out to my cousin for getting married and their, her, uh, her husband. Have fun with that, guys.
2: You say it like it's such a bad thing. Um, yeah, I'm a little exhausted too from doing absolutely nothing. I uh, feel a little rusty. Uh, not prepared for this at all. Did not, did not look at the the videos. Did not, you know, just didn't prepare at all.
0: Yeah, well, hand up. I didn't study tape. I did not study. Did Marcus tape. Russell, that?
1: Yeah, I uh, I spent all day trying to stare at the sun. So you know. <laughs>
0: Uh, we'll get we'll get into the sun later. I have some thoughts on the sun. But before we get to that, quickly, wanna let you guys know you can find us on social media, Twitter at small takes, Instagram small underscore takes, Facebook, all the small takes, Gmail, all the small takes at gmail dot com. Our new website, smalltakes.com. There's a baseball podcast out there currently, all the small ball. I'm on it with a couple buddies. Go check that out. We should be on iTunes hopefully soon. But maybe some more content coming your way on the website as well. Football season is almost here. We are so close. You can practically taste college and professional football. We're going to save college football for a little later on in the show. We're going to talk a little NFL preseason storylines. We're about halfway through the preseason, and that means it's the perfect time to make some snap judgments about the NFL season with certainty about how the rest of the year will play out. So. John, why don't we start with you? Because you put this first one down. Your snap judgment is that Carson Wentz equals who?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, so it's a pretty simple equation here. Um, Carson Wentz is basically Tom Brady. A um, l- little bit younger, you know, not quite a season. Um, and Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. So by the transitive property, Carson Wentz is the greatest of all time.
0: One-third, one-third of that was Yeah, right. no
1: disagreements. That sounds good. Yeah, no I mean I mean he's great.
0: What is your what is your evidence that Carson Wentz is is basically Tom Brady?
1: Get on the Volkswagen, you know. Have you Pennsylvania. Have you actually
2: watched uh <laughs> have you actually watched a preseason game of
1: the Eagles? Um Yeah, I haven't watched a uh-huh. preseason game of the <laughs> Eagles cuz they're not they're not televised in my area. Mm-hmm. I did I did end up watching the Browns play yeah. Uh, gosh, he was at the Saints? Yeah. And the Patriots I'm playing sorry. the Jaguars.
2: So do you, so yeah, do you have any, any snap judgments about the Browns? That sounds a little bit more on uh, your alley, then, since you actually watch those games.
1: Well, I guess I'll roll right over onto the thing Jeff wrote and say that uh, Deshaun Kaiser is dynamite. He's winning everything this year, except for the NFL, because um, he, the Eagles are, obviously, doing that.
0: Okay. So rookie of the year and MVP for Deshaun yeah, uh, Kaiser.
2: A little break. Sorry, guys, just to interrupt. Pretty sure that Brock Oswe- Osweiler is going to be the clear starter. Just read that as we were just talking about Deshaun
0: Kaiser. Did that actually just break just now?
2: Uh, no, but I just read it.
1: Broke like an hour ago. <laughs>
0: so broke it to John.
1: I told you. Uh, I told you on I'm just going to say it's fake news and uh, move on and pretend it's not there. So okay. Fake news. Deshaun Kaiser is obviously starting.
0: He did have a pretty sweet touchdown pass. I did not watch the Browns preseason game. Let's let's put that on the record. I've not watched any preseason football, but I did see the highlight.
1: Oh, yeah. No, he's he is dynamite like you get maybe to the 40-yard line, like the the opponent's 40-yard line and from that 40 up to like the 25, he's like dynamite. Perfect touch on the ball. Really you go out of that range and everything really kind of goes downhill pretty fast. So, okay. He's more of a situational guy, you know, like you put him in just not when you're in the red zone and not when you've got a long drive to do, just like that that nice little sort of like Goldilocks area. Uh,
0: that's good because no important no important football plays happen in the red zone or like when you're backed up against your opponent's end zone. That's not a crucial area in the field.
2: Yeah, yeah I love rock yeah. candle those. That'll work out well.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, the you got the height. You can see over the line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, See the defender he's about to throw it to. Uh, let's do the next preseason storyline. Uh, the worst division in the NFL. John, you had a snap judgment here.
1: Yeah, easily the AFC North. Um, mostly because Cooper's team is in the AFC North. Huh. That's, yeah. that's really what's driving Logic the snap judgment. But yeah, I mean, the Ravens don't have a quarterback anymore, and the Browns are the Browns, but they're not quite the Browns like they were last year. I think the Bears are the Browns this year. We'll get to that later. But the Browns are still the Browns, if you get what I'm saying. Uh, And then I think the Bengals are just not great. So I think think there's the AFC North's a solid candidate there.
2: I actually don't – I think I agree with pretty much everything you said, but I don't know if that justifies them being the worst uh, division in football because I don't think the Bengals are great. Uh, The Ravens don't have a quarterback, but I'd question if they really ever had a quarterback. The Browns are not – the Browns, but they're still the Browns. Like I I understand that. Uh, But that still makes them better than uh, a couple divisions in football, most notably the AFC East, which is home to the Jets, who I have no idea who they're going to actually put under center this year. Uh, The Bills, who just traded all of their players for no one. And then Anquan Bolden realized the team was burning, and he decided to retire. Um, And then... The Miami Dolphins are going to rely on Jay Cutler, which I don't think is ever a good thing. So, yeah, the AFC East is... Wait,
0: you omitted one team from that conversation?
1: Yeah, I think I was on the
2: Yeah, well, the Patriots. Think... They're yeah, okay. If, I'm, but I will say, if they don't go undefeated, it's a disappointment. Okay, sure. Yeah, set that, set um, that
1: bar high. Set that bar high.
0: We already lost a preseason game, so I hate to break it to you, but but 23-0 yeah, and and isn't happening. <laughs> yeah, the AFC East is actually pretty horrific. Yeah. Uh, you know it's bad when Anquan Bolden, who probably would have been like top five candidates to actually die on the football field, is retiring.
1: <laughs> you know, so, there are some NFL players that, that want, apparently want to die on the football field. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that's, we won't go there because the, we want to protect <laughs> the, the integrity of the league as our uh-huh. as the commissioner oh, talks about. So often. Adams. Uh-huh. Uh, let's talk about Jameis Winston because he's been another big storyline of the preseason been on Hard Knocks with the Buccaneers and he's been it seems doing a lot to raise his, uh, raise his profile. Cooper, you were the one who brought this one up.
2: Yeah, I think he is undoubtedly probably the best leader in the entire league. Or at least that's how Hard Knocks is putting it. I mean, that guy is unreal at leading a football team. Unreal. Don't know how he does it. Uh, he's, just, he's incredibly good at it. And I feel like I can actually attest to that because I've watched more episodes of Hard Knocks uh, than I have minutes of a preseason football game.
0: So you have watched a minute of Hard Knocks?
2: No, I've watched less than a minute of preseason football. <laughs>
0: um, John, what do you think is, is about it, uh, what do you think about Jameis?
1: Um, just to clear this up, is Hard Knocks the uh, pro version of the Showtime special Notre Dame did? Like no, you're one?
2: getting those a little flip flopped. Yeah, <laughs> the Showtime special on Notre Dame is the college version of Hard Knocks.
1: Well, well, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. But uh-huh. I mean, yeah, I think Jameis Winston has a great history of leadership. You know, he's he, he liberated uh, some crabs and various uh-huh. other sundry <laughs> items from areas of college from oppression in college. And you know, he's uh, gosh, I don't even remember what he said when they won the national championship, but I remember. I remember that it was pretty spectacular. Uh, he made I said- Jimbo
2: Fisher look like a decent coach for like two seasons.
0: That is an accomplishment in and of itself.
1: Shots fired. I don't. I don't know. Uh, I mean, when you're talking about leaders, how could, you got to talk about Carson <laughs> He bought his entire O-line personalized shotguns. I think that smacks of leadership somehow. He, not quite sure. Did how he also
0: that. teach them gun safety? <laughs> mm.
1: I think he did actually. Oh, okay. Think, well, he took them hunting with them, I presume. Yeah, I don't know. That? They all came back alive. Just look that up on. The yeah, page we'll page work page. on that.
0: That sounds like a quarterback who doesn't look off the safety before he throws the deep ball. <laughs> doesn't turn off the safety, get it?
2: Huh, that was a little on. The
0: first try, try could have been better. Right? I, I picked myself up. Uh, let's do one more. John, let's go to your Bears being the worst team in football.
1: Yeah, I was a little on the fence about it because there are a lot of really good candidates this year. And I actually, like we said earlier, don't think the Browns are one of them. But it's like a four-way tie to see who can burn the building to the ground the fastest. And I feel like the reason I picked the Bears is that they have a humongous head start on the Rams, the Niners, and the Jets. I feel like the Jets are still on like the top floor, hoping that they can you know, get it started in a trash can and then that it will catch the rest of the building, while the Bears jumped out a while ago and have just been throwing dynamite on the basement for the past however many months.
0: So you think they are worse than the New York Jets? I just want to make that clear.
1: No, 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 the Bears, not the New York Jets.
0: No, yeah, you think the Bears are worse than the New York Jets.
1: Oh, yes.
2: Yeah, I actually think the Bears, uh, while still being awful football, are at least trending upwards. I think Mitch Trubisky is going to turn out to be a, like a decent pick, and I like Jordan Howard a lot, and I really can't name a player for the Jets other than the fact that I think Christian Hackenberg has a, start, has a chance at starting for them, which means they suck. So the Jets are, the Jets are by far the worst team in football. It's just, I think there's a high chance that they might go winless this season. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, and 16 is in sight for the Jets. that's, that's hard to do. Um, Really quickly, Mitch Trubisky's line in the the preseason, because this is super meaningful. 24 of 33 for 226, two TDs and no interceptions. Stud. That's studly. I don't see Carson Wentz putting up those kind of numbers. They're
1: underestimating st- the explosive power of John Fox.
2: Well, and the Chicago fans—they probably still boo him wherever he goes. Yeah,
0: true. Any other NFL preseason storylines?
2: Yeah, I think we should just watch out for uh, Odell a little bit. He uh, looked into the sun today. Yeah, um, just a little worried about him. His, uh, you know, his judgment has gotten has improved. Not.
1: Well, he he went out of the game just now with, like, a leg contusion.
2: He did. It's probably because he couldn't couldn't see where he was going because he blinded himself today. Yeah. And then thought it was smart enough to post a video of
0: it.
1: Peace and peace. I don't know,
0: though. Isn't there at least, like, a chance that his hair absorbed most of the sun's rays? No. And it acted, like, eye black but from the top? I don't know. We can check the science on it. But... (laughs) All right, but that's, that's not encouraging to see. Not encouraging to see that he's hurt already. The the sun claims another victim. <laughs> um, all right, should we talk about some college football? Yes, please. I figured you would like that. Mm-hmm. And you have figured you would also like the conference we're going to talk about today—the
2: best conference
0: in football.
1: The best, the best conference mm-hmm. is no conference. Okay,
0: mm-hmm. so we're talking about the Big Ten today. Yep. Yeah. We're going to do the superlatives just like we've done for every conference. We're going to do our last conference next week and uh, a big kickoff to the college football season too. So stay tuned for that. But right now, we're going to do our superlatives for the Big Ten. The first one is the team that is most likely to have an early season loss and then run the table. Cooper, what do you think?
2: It's Ohio State. I still don't think them lose. like I've been sitting here trying to creatively – come up with a way in which I can like make up a loss. I don't think they're going to lose. I think they'll run the table. Um, they should run the table. Yeah, I don't think any other Big, team, big Ten team really has a chance of beating them. So I'm going to have to go with Ohio State. Maybe someone will get injured, and then I can like say that that's a loss, and they lost a player, and then we'll just move on. Next man up. All right. John, What's say you?
1: Um, well, besides the fact that Ohio State's going to lose to IU, and that would qualify as an early season loss. Um, I think Michigan is going to be the team that has an early season loss and then runs the table. Um, I don't think Florida is a particularly good football team, but I do think that they're playing a neutral site game against Michigan in Arlington, Texas, and that anything can happen in Jerry World. So maybe uh, maybe Michigan drops that first game and then uh, goes on to, to go, I don't know, 11 or 12 or whatever the heck it is, you do in a conference now to try and get to that college ball class.
0: Florida did just suspend like eight players. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't know, I don't know how well right that right. syncs up with your with your pick, but <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to throw that out there. Jim Harbaugh would uh, also
2: have to like win some meaningful football games for that to happen, which he's just I like know, not go, done in his career.
1: Go into Bloomington, Indiana, and knock off the Hoosiers. So. Exactly.
0: That's a tough one.
1: It's a tough one.
0: Um, I'm going to go with Ohio State because this is this is admittedly the Ohio State question because they did this was it three years ago when they lost to Virginia Tech in week one and then ran the table and won the national championship. I don't know if I see it happening in Columbus against Oklahoma though. I think that's gonna be raucous here here in Columbus, Ohio. Can we can we consider like the Nebraska at Nebraska to be early, early season? season? No. Like, yeah,
2: that's definitely mid season.
0: I don't know. Yeah, Ohio State might run the table as I look at their schedule. <laughs>
2: I mean I'll admit but- that the home game in Bloomington, Indiana will be tough for Ohio State. It's not easy, go- like opening up with a big Ten.
0: and like weird know? stuff just happens on Thursday nights too. Yes, like nothing weird. Weird football stuff happens on Thursday nights. Mm-hmm. Agree. So Blooming- don't rule anything. It's a
1: weird place. It's a weird place.
0: John, will you give us a live dispatch from Bloomington if, uh, by chance, the Hoosiers win that game?
1: Um, sorry. When is the game?
2: <laughs> All right. Never mind. August thirty first, <laughs> eight p.m. It's okay.
1: I live, I live right next to the stadium, so I might just be able to, roll, to open my window and let you guys so, uh, listen to might the screams. know when
2: the game is on, but you might not, depending on
0: how many fans actually show up. Is your car insured? Like, Do you park your car on the street? Perhaps
1: no. <laughs> okay, good. I just want to make sure. <laughs> no, I negotiated for parking as part of my lease. All
0: right, good. Yeah, because if, if they win, I have a feeling your car might be in some kind of physical danger. Or if they lose, who knows? Yeah.
1: That would be, that'd be a fair assumption.
0: Let's do the next superlative. Corn was a theme that occurred throughout this uh, superlative because it's the Big Ten. It's the Midwest. What is the most corn-fed O-line? So I guess you could read this as the best O-line in the Big Ten. John. John.
1: <laughs> okay. I thought Cooper was going because I thought Cooper loved the Big Ten, but I guess not. No, I guess he Jeff, doesn't. Jeff clearly says John. I toss it
0: to you, man. I tossed it to you. I, I dished oh, wait. a lot of no-look passes. You have to be ready.
1: Did you say that before we had the gap? Yeah. Yeah. Silence? Oh, I see the internet's been going in and out, and I just really can't hear Mm -hmm. anything.
2: (laughs) Bloomington. Keep going. Bloomington. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, no. So when I think of O line, I think of Wisconsin. And that's the extent of my analysis. So just
2: offensive lines in general. Whenever you think of offensive lines, you think of Wisconsin. Just clarifying.
1: Yeah. Not so much corn. You know, I think of dairy products when I think of Wisconsin, but I'm willing to stretch it. I'm assuming there's corn in Wisconsin. I saw for a fact that there was much corn in Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, even even maybe a little bit in West Virginia, even though, I mean, but they're not in the Big Ten. Um, but yeah, corn, uh, Big Ten, O line, Wisconsin. Word association. It's not hard. <laughs>
0: All right. Cooper, what about you?
2: Yeah, actually, kind of. Wrestled with this question a little bit because I think if you're debating like the most corn fed offensive lines, the ones that kind of come to mind are Iowa, Nebraska, Wisconsin. Uh, I think out of those, probably Wisconsin probably has the best offensive line. But that being said, the best offensive line in the conference is Ohio State's. Uh, they return four out of five starters. I don't know if they're necessarily eating a lot of corn, it is a lot of, you know, out of state recruits coming into. Ohio State playing on the offensive
0: line, uh, but they're still the best best line in the conference. Sorry, I'm doing some research actually into Iowa's offensive line. I found this article that says Iowa might have the best offensive line in the country, but this is a testament to like the Big Ten and Iowa. I have no idea if this is from this year, last year, 2012. <laughs> Hard to say. Uh, why are these articles not dated? <laughs> Uh, shoot, it was posted 10 months ago. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, let's go with Iowa anyway. Yeah, let's do the next one. Um, coach who is most likely to spar in the press. So it, spar in the media with uh, Jim Harbaugh. Cooper.
2: PJ Fleck. I think PJ Fleck is the most likely to actually respond to anything that Jim Harbaugh does. I think PJ Fleck is also in tune with like social media like Jim Harbaugh is. Um, which technically is you know, outside of the press, I guess. But I think he's probably just the most vociferous head coach outside of Harbaugh in the Big Ten, so I kind of have to choose him.
0: Vociferous, that's a good word. You're welcome.
1: Yeah, Cooper, I don't think you quite understand PJ Fleck. He's not the kind of guy to spar um, in the press okay. like some coaches would or perhaps eat a pizza on a golf cart after he loses a game how is, like some coaches do. How
2: is that remotely? Anyway, like so the um,
1: so the I think, I think the actual answer is probably James Franklin. I think he's most uh, – not because I think James Franklin is given to this sort of thing. I think he's a pretty cool guy in terms of attitude. Um, but I just think that um, he's, he's maybe like, I don't know, a couple heartbeats away from establishing himself as one of the – like one of the three coaches of the conference, um, uh, if, if if Penn State has another good year this year, it's gonna. People are going to be talking about for like the next five next five years about you know James Franklin, Urban Meyer, and Jim Harbaugh, um, and so I think uh, I think he'd probably be the most likely to trade Barb's with Jim Harbaugh and raises profile in that way as he tries to really you know really get his boys going and really make them believe that they are the class of the Big Ten. Um.
0: First of all, I like to say that I think Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer is probably the least likely to spar with Jim Harbaugh in the press. Like, what is the saying? Like, a lion doesn't concern itself with the, with the with the matters of a sheep. A sheep.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, he also like refuses to say the word Michigan. Yeah. So
0: that just just, seems entirely that's beneath
2: him. to create barriers. Yeah.
0: It's entirely beneath him. It doesn't seem entirely beneath uh, Mark D'Antonio at Michigan State. They're coming off a disappointing season in-state rivals uh when do they play let me check this real quick when is the michigan michigan state game should be early november it's october 7th it's actually early the season so there's a potential that Ooh. both teams are still i mean i don't think michigan state's going to be a contender a legit contender but they should be uh i would say riding pretty high at that point and that's going to be yeah I, I can just see that getting a little heated between those two coaches two fiery guys i wouldn't want to piss mark d'antonio off
2: no, sir, I agree with Mike D'Antonio, I think. Is, Mike or Mark.
0: In, is it Mike or Mark?
2: No idea. It's Mark. Mike Antonio yeah, I... um, is the <laughs> most terrifying coach in the 10. No, Mark D'Antonio is, I think, the one coach as an Ohio State fan. Um, regardless of how Michigan State is, he is like the one coach and the one like Michigan State's the one team that I like just do not want to play. I'm s- always super nervous for that game. Yeah, because I he's a great coach. So yeah, I agree.
0: Yes. He is. he's not gonna back down. Yeah. Uh let's do the Big Ten stadium in which we will see snow first this year. This is a classic. Turn on the T V on a Saturday unexpectedly and oh my gosh, it's snowing in X. Where where is it snowing? John.
1: I'm gonna go out on a limb and try to uh try to like uh Use the all the small takes curse uh, for my own benefit and say, Indiana, Indiana's gonna be the uh, first place we'll see snow. Um, it won't be. I've only watched maybe one Indiana football game, I think. So I've never actually seen snow in Indiana Stadium before. So I hope to keep that streak going this year.
0: Are you going yeah. to any games this year?
1: Going to any games? Sure. Sure. No. Um, no, I'm not. Well, not, uh, not in the Indiana football games this year. Yeah, that was what I was –
0: that was implied. Okay, Cooper. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, so John didn't actually answer
2: the question. Uh, Just just clarifying. Minnesota will be the first stadium that sees snow because for some reason they thought it was smart to build an open-air football stadium.
0: That's called a home field advantage, man.
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean that must be the only thing they were thinking of because it doesn't really make sense otherwise. Yeah. They
0: weren't thinking of attendance. Or yeah, yeah. I hope the whole field advantage is worth
2: like the seventy percent decrease in ticket sales.
0: Uh, yeah, it's gets really cold. It gets really cold really fast in Minnesota. I'm gonna go with East Lansing, though. I think like that's a that's a sneaky candidate. Sneaky up north, and uh, I don't know. It's not Minnesota. That's really the reason I picked it. Uh, let's do this last one. We'll loop this one into the coach uh, discussion. The baldest head in the big 12 big 10 that was a Freudian slip uh and baldest head in the big 10. john
1: just because i want to say his name before we end this conversation uh les miles he coached to michigan yeah you know he went to michigan uh, I, I don't think he's coached in the big 10. um so yeah i think he's got a and i feel like he has a bald head um oh let's check where's the visor all the time and the hat actually he doesn't wear a visor he wears a hat so even if he does have hair, there's not a lot of it hiding under there.
0: Les Miles decidedly has hair. C- confirmed. Hair-haver. Yeah.
1: hair sighted. Yeah.
0: So check has he been out in check back. Check it facts next like time, last...
1: John. Has he been out in public like the last year?
0: Okay, you make a good point. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe without football, Les Miles just like, aged like 50 years in a matter of a year. Who knows? Uh, Cooper.
2: Yeah, so... I didn't want to choose the obvious pick in James Franklin, so I chose the second most obvious pick, which is Barry Alvarez, who I think technically still has hair but is definitively balding. And Barry Alvarez is also not a coach but is a coach at the same time and plays that role pretty much every
0: single year for Wisconsin. We call that the Jerry Jones. Mm Yeah, Um, I'm going to go with Bo Pelini here. Classic. Love Bo Pelini. That That guy does not have a spot of hair on his head. And I felt it was worth mentioning, even though I'm well aware that he does not coach at Nebraska anymore. And oh my God, he might have hair. He, does he has have a hair. ton of hair.
1: He has more hair. Why do I picture Bob Polini uh, Because
2: he's always wearing that hat. He always has the ball cap.
1: Yes, just like Les Miles.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, I like I also thought about the Youngstown, you know, crew, but him and Jim Trussell both have a head of hair, so I couldn't say either of them. Jim Trussell's for sure balding though. No, okay. oh, he's not.
0: How do all these football guys who like live 10 years of stress in 12 weeks, how do they not lose their hair faster?
2: And definitely wear hats while they're sleeping. Not lose- yeah, that, I agree.
0: I was always told as a kid. That was like the old wives' tale. If you wear a hat all the time, you're going to lose your hair. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Nothing I believe in matters anymore. Bo Pelini has hair. <sighs> do you have anything else on the Big Ten? Nope. All right. Let's do some segments. We'll do a couple quick segments here. Today was, as we're recording this, today was the Great Eclipse, the Great American Eclipse. And I don't know about you guys, John and Cooper, but where I, from my vantage point here in Columbus, Ohio, the Great Eclipse was, was greatly disappointing. What about you guys? What was your eclipse experience like?
1: I was sitting in a meeting for the like uh, summit of the eclipse, um, but I did get to look at the sun for... A uh, little bit grabbed right four and it was pretty darn cool. Um, seeing like the little, little color thing, and then like, uh, and actually seeing the the moon come across the come across the sun it was pretty neat.
0: See, so you just described. No, no one needs to watch it. John just described it perfectly. Uh, Cooper, did you? Could you see it a little further south in Ohio?
2: Yeah, I need Like, it was pretty cool because we got off work for like 30 minutes to go see it. Uh, that was nice. But other than that, it was pretty underwhelming. I did. Appreciate though how you claimed the eclipse for America. Thought that was well done.
0: That was that was the name, wasn't it?
2: The Great American Eclipse. Like it's
0: our eclipse. Um, we had to, we had to make the eclipse great again. Mm-hmm, that was well done. Thank you. We're bringing eclipses back. So many eclipses, you'll get tired of eclipsing. Um, so things more disappointing than the great American eclipse. Maybe this isn't even an app segment anymore because I guess I was the only one who was underwhelmed by the eclipse. No, but. I was
2: extremely underwhelmed. It okay. was so boring. So boring. It was... Yeah, it's like
0: here, here put on these glasses where you can only see that and nothing else uh-huh. or take yeah. it off and you can't look at it. Could,
2: couldn't even see like how many fingers were in front of your face but you can see a little circle cover another circle uh-huh. you know billions of miles away from you. Yeah. Super special. So, you guys are the
0: worst. Uh, sorry, John. Maybe you don't need to participate in the segment. Uh, you can maybe do things. Oh, no, less, I want less disappointing. Okay. Oh, I want right. to. We'll let you. We'll let you play. Uh, Cooper, why don't we start with you?
2: Sorry, what's the segment? Did you ever introduce the segment? <laughs> or did we just more... start talking about eclipse? Uh,
0: maybe maybe we didn't. Okay. I got So heated about the eclipse. Uh, yeah. Things more disappointing <laughs> than the eclipse.
2: Okay, so things more disappointing than the eclipse. First, runner up would be football coaches who canceled practice for the eclipse. That's soft. Uh, But the real answer is fancy mock drafts. Fancy mock drafts are more lame than actual mock drafts, which is hard to beat. Um, I think I always go into a fancy mock draft thinking I'm going to crush the mock draft and come out with the best strategy for when my fancy draft actually happens three weeks from now but then somehow the fancy mock draft always goes wrong because someone trolls the whole draft and you know like takes Ezekiel Elliott like third overall which makes no sense cuz he's probably not going to play this season um yeah they're just extremely disappointing all the time
0: yeah i i wouldn't know but i'll take your word for it john what about you
1: um i'm sorry i'm still trying to process this cooper you 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 go places and you spend enough time to draft a whole fantasy football team and then you don't play with it.
2: No, yeah. You you, you take about it takes like twenty five minutes to run through it on your computer. So it's a it's a stay at home thing.
0: Yeah, you know? John. There's this thing called the internet.
1: Okay. Um well We have we have Wi Fi in the yeah. rest of the country. Well, oh, sorry, didn't realize that. Um, I'm going to go with the low-hanging fruit and say uh, any uh, Los Angeles sports season, bound to be disappointing. Um, <laughs> uh, probably, honestly, if we're, if we're being honest right now. Also, the Phillies, um, they're, they're pretty disappointing. Um, we can beat the Braves, but we can't beat anyone else. Uh, also, USC quarterbacks, especially once they make it to the NFL. Shout out, um, Butt Fumble. Shout out, um, really, Carson Palmer's entire career. It's just a story of being disappointing.
0: Shout out John David Booty. I don't know if he made yeah. the NFL or not. He's just – people Great forget. Name. People Great forget. Name. Yeah, people forget about John David Booty.
2: Probably got yeah. recruited solely for his name. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so that was – those are all really disappointing. Okay. Um,
0: John continues his assault on the West Coast with the LA sports season. <laughs> it's all right. We don't need them anyway. Uh <laughs> I'm going to preemptively say the McGregor-Mayweather fight is more disappointing than the Eclipse. I'm telling myself right now on air because I need accountability that I'm not going to buy this fight. I might buy the fight. Um, And I just know what's going to happen. I know it's going to be a decision. Floyd's going to dance around the entire entire match, not going to get hit. There's going to be maybe like two rounds where – McGregor lands a couple body blows, and then everyone gets really excited. And then Floyd's just going to go back to being really defensive and like picking his spots when he maybe takes a couple shots. And it's going to end with a decision for Floyd. So but
2: Jeff, isn't it worth it to pay a hundred dollars just to watch McGregor land one punch on Mayweather and just knock him out? Like, what if that happens? How much regret? And that,
0: you- that's the thing. That's that's the what pulls me back. If that happens, I will have missed the greatest sporting yeah, event.
2: You yeah. will miss the death of boxing which yeah. is already dead because it costs $100 right. to watch a game on television. That's I mean a why. match on money. television.
0: Take my money. Here, take 200
2: I just love how it's a question. I don't get it. I. It's a question every single time when like big boxing matches come up. It's like, why is boxing not more popular? Why is boxing not like it was four decades ago? And it's because it costs $100 for you to watch yeah. it in your own home. That's the reason.
1: Honestly, that's going to be disappointing for me if McGregor doesn't roundhouse kick uh mayweather in the face
2: well he loses all money. he does
1: oh i know but he gained so much in terms of everything else just respect and people would people would pay him money you know
0: i <laughs> we are <laughs> i said earlier on this podcast or an early in an earlier podcast i will start to GoFundMe for that yeah <laughs> i will do it uh yeah so i'm gonna end up i'm gonna end up buying it that's let's be honest um or going out somewhere and paying a stupid amount of cover to watch it there. Let's do quickly uh, boomer bust for college football season. This is a segment we did a while back, but basically we give our percentage, uh, the percentage of likelihood we think something happening. And we're going to do, because the AP poll just came out today for college football, uh, boomer bust related to the AP poll. So let's start from the top. Alabama came out as the number one. Boomer bust that they finished the season at number one. John.
1: It's it's a bust. Uh, Bama's got a two percent chance of finishing in number one. Um, they're not very good, if we're all being honest. Jalen Hurts is kind of a very one-dimensional quarterback, and he's on his fourth offensive coordinator in his year and a month of a college career. Um, usual Alabama lost most of their defense to the draft, so um, yeah, they're not going to win. Um, they're not even. Gonna finish the SEC season undefeated, so they're not gonna finish number one.
2: Cooper, what about you? Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm probably way too low. I said five percent, and that was just because it is so hard. We see this pretty much year in a year out. So hard for a team who starts number one the AP poll to finish number one. I don't think Alabama's done it on Nick Saban. Um, And like John, I'm not super impressed with this Alabama team. But I feel like we kind of say that a little bit every year, and at the end of the year, Alabama is loaded with NFL talent, and they look incredible, and there's always someone we're obsessed about. Uh, Jalen Hurts might have his weaknesses, but uh, Tua Tagliavoa I think is a very impressive freshman quarterback, and I know if Jalen Hurts does not perform well, um, Nick Saban's not afraid to put him in. So I said 5%. It's probably more like 50%. But I yeah. don't like Alabama, so I'm going to stick at
0: five. I you for, I, you forgot about Bo Scarborough too. I just want to point that out. I did. Um, and a dominant. I'm going to go twenty five.
2: Yeah,
0: I'm going to go twenty five percent because just looking at the top twenty five and thinking about teams that could potentially get there, I see Ohio State having a good chance. I see Florida State, I guess. Um, and after that, kind of like USC, maybe I don't know if. It's hard with a I don't know. It's hard. It's really hard to see too many of these other teams having the complete team performance to to run through an entire season without slipping up at least once or twice, and then through the playoff. And Alabama has consistently proved that they can. Uh, let's do the next one. Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, who are currently not in the top twenty-five. What is the percent chance they finish in the top twenty-five, John?
1: Well, you know, I really wanted to say hundred um, percent, but. Uh, there is an element of chaos in the world um, and an element of evil, so perhaps that wouldn't happen. Um, so I'm going to downgrade it to 89%. Um, oh, at least they've got, they've got a, a, yeah, an A minus B plus shot at being in the top 25 at the end of the year. Um, I think they're one of the 25 best teams talent wise, and I think they have one of the top 25 uh, coaching staffs. It's just if they can all get on the same page um, early enough. They should be fine. They should win at least 10 games this year.
2: Cooper, what about you? Yeah, I give it a 25% chance. I'm very concerned about Notre Dame. I think there are way too many excuses for Brian Kelly to uh, lean on for this team not to be good. Um, he'll probably at one point blame the video board for being a distraction during the game. Um, and then the fact that you know we're not returning a starting quarterback is another excuse for him to make up for Notre Dame not to be good at football. But I think probably the bigger things, the bigger, the biggest thing is the fact that I still doubt Notre Dame's, Brian Kelly's ability to recruit uh, the defensive side of the football. So I think outside of Jalen Smith, he has struggled to recruit talented players um, on that side. I will say he got a lot better in terms of you know bringing coordinators to Notre Dame. I think coaching staff is much more talented than it has been at any point during his tenure. Um, but I still think, I don't know, they're probably a year away from being good. And that's if Brian Kelly gets another year after this one.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go right down the middle of the road here. 50%, I think. Because when I look at their schedule, there's a lot of games from like, uh, where I kind of have that 50-50 reaction, like, like at Michigan State, uh, at UNC, uh, um, home for Georgia. Uh, so like, you figure, like last year, all those games that were uh, games went against Notre Dame. If, if they swing all the other way this year, which can very well happen, then yeah, there's a chance, but they could easily split those or, or have another season where everything goes wrong. So let's go 50%. Um, we'll see the last one. Tennessee, they are currently 25th. They snuck into the top 25, which seems high for a Tennessee team. Usually they, they're in that top 15 zone. What is the chance they finish outside the top 25, Cooper? 100%. <laughs> that's, it. that's
2: all I needed to say. John?
1: Um, I think there are some insane people out in the world, and there's a lot of people who don't believe in objective truth, um, and that's why I'm saying 98 percent. Tennessee has not been good. They haven't been good in a very long time. But there are some weird, crazy people who are given to subjective ideologies and don't believe in rationality in the real world and you know truth and beauty and goodness. And so they might vote them in. This is really a very you know black and white objective thing. But yeah, um, also Josh Adams was named a captain today for Notre Dame. So, um,
0: yeah, topical. That's topical. Yeah. Shout out to the future that's high winner, Josh Adams. Um, I am going to slide in. Uh, price is right, John. I'm going to go 98.1 percent, chance. I just price wow. Is so right. I lose. Okay. I just prices righted you.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Cooper's
0: out. I'm out. Yeah, that's what you get, man. Mm -hmm. All right, Uh, that's about enough for college football. Uh, Let's do Waste of Data, finish it up. Cooper, why don't you start?
2: Yeah, so I don't want to go too long because the listeners will get plenty of this as Notre Dame starts playing. Just me just ragging on Brian Kelly. But Brian Kelly is my Waste of Data because he came out, I think, later last week um, saying that fundraising for all the new I don't know upgrades up at up in South Bend was a huge distraction for him and you couldn't focus the team. That's just the biggest pile of baloney. It's so annoying. Brian Kelly always seems to have like an excuse just up his sleeve to pull out that is so just random and out of nowhere. And I wonder like how like would Brian Kelly have lasted two days at a place like Texas where like doing things like that and meeting with Boosters and all that sort of stuff is a responsibility, which I'm, sh- I'm like very surprised. It's not a responsibility in Notre Dame. I'm, I'm sure it is. Um, this is a ridiculous excuse. I'm not buying it.
0: I saw that too, and, and it was hard to. It, it was frustrating because he like yeah, I want Brian Kelly to do well, but then he comes out and says stuff like this, or says stuff like what he said when Deshaun Kaiser left early, and it's he's not a likable personality. Nobody nope, like that, it. John.
1: Um, yeah, my waste of data is Marvel and ESPN. Um, they they teamed up and they released um, some college football kickoff uh, comic book covers. Um, and some of them are, well, actually, I, I didn't like this year's really at all. Um, last year's were, I think, really, really cool and really, really fun. Um, but they did one for the Ohio State-Indiana uh, game. And so they have Brutus Buckeye, I guess, where... Guy in an Indiana football jersey with, an, uh, with a football helmet. They just picked a football player, and there it's like you didn't even try to define what a Hoosier is. Um, so and we had we had, a, we had a dis- Yeah, um, a Hoosier is someone from the state of Indiana.
2: Okay, that's descriptive. Right?
1: <laughs> you know, that's that's it. Um,
0: so what would you, you know, so like? It could instead?
1: be a lot of different things. Yeah,
0: what would you have liked instead?
1: I, w- I would have liked um, ideally someone. Like a person, because um, it because it is a, it is a humanoid, um, probably with corn in one hand, maybe a hat on, a little bit of sunburn, <laughs> either that or just like someone with like okay, it's so actually no no no. So the really the central another. thing is the corn, is the corn in their hand. They could have done a person. I don't care what the person looked like. I don't care how tall they are. I don't care, you know, what gender they are. They had corn in their hand, and then like. Really, if we're being honest, probably like, I don't know, a can of beer in the other hand. Just going at Brutus Buckeye.
0: You just described um, both Herbie very you Indiana just describe Husker. Mm-hmm. You just describe Herbie Nebraska Husker doesn't have
1: Alaska. beer in his hand.
2: Yeah, I was going to say a and Parks Herbie and Husker is, uh,
1: is...
2: throwing that out there.
1: Actually, her What?
2: A Parks and Rec logo. I think that would have worked. Mm-hmm. It's
1: probably Parks the most
2: popular thing Indiana's ever done. Just a made-up actually, have been Peyton Manning. You know.
1: Could have been Peyton Manning. Just throw him in there. Larry
0: Just make it Larry Legend Larry the Legend.
1: Larry Larry Legend. There you go. There's
0: another one. My waste of data. I'll be very brief with this because I'm just gonna say it and then we're gonna end the show. ESPN last week. ESPN and ESPN two combined to broadcast twenty eight straight hours of fantasy football coverage and analysis. And that's the show for the week. Thank you guys for tuning in to all the small takes. We appreciate you listening. We're not going to make a 28-hour episode anytime soon, so you're welcome for that. Check us out on social media. Or we could.
1: (laughs) Never say never.
0: Uh, Check us out on social media. Let us know what you thought. Check out our website, smalltakes.com. Leave us a review on iTunes. Five stars climbing closer to the 15 review threshold when we get there that's still a thing it's still a thing it will always be a thing until we get there so thank you guys for listening we'll be back next week
1: So.